0: Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And Jared's not here because he has stuff going on, but we will keep on carrying on and hopefully Jared will be back next week. We'll see what happens.
1: And we might have Adrian as a special guest star too.
0: We'll see if he's available in a schedule and if not, then we'll we'll still be here. So
1: Yep, you can just about always count on the two of us until I start my new hours at my new job and leave y'all.
0: But we'll see what happens. <laughs> We'll see if we can edit you in later or not, and we'll see how much how much work that is to do that.
1: Yep. And so, how much I nag you. Right. To be like, I, I want to be included. Here. Here's my ideas.
0: So, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we are here right now, uh, so we will still have a podcast since we're here. Because
1: <laughs> I did work for this, and you all are going to enjoy my notes.
0: Yeah. Um, I did some work. Um, I probably could have done <laughs> more than I did, but... We were busy at work this week, so I didn't have as much time as usual. But Ditto. It is what it is. Yeah, you you worked a bunch of extra this week. hmm Work extra before you say peace out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Get, Get that money. Yeah. All right. Uh so speaking of jobs, that is the theme for this week's episode is comic book jobs. Or jobs that comic book characters had that are weird or unique or just whatever. I don't know. I went with unique ish stuff. I don't know what you did, but
1: I don't know what I did either. We'll see how it comes out. All right, cool. Uh, would you like to go
0: first or would you like me to go first?
1: I can give it a shot. All right. Um, part of my inspiration of thinking of this and going with my theme was, do you ever stop and think, how do superheroes survive? Like,
0: How do they pay the bills?
1: Yeah. How do they have a job that they can work around their heroing schedule? And one thing I found as I was doing a lot of this research is Avengers sometimes is the answer. Because apparently the Avengers somehow get paid for being superheroes. I don't exactly understand how that works, but a couple times that came up in different people and I was like, okay.
0: Yeah, it's a little unclear. Sometimes Tony Stark pays for everything. Ah. Sometimes it's the government. It depends on what universe and when and why and who.
1: Yep. But it looked like in one of the instances I was researching Peter Parker. Surprise. If anyone doesn't realize that I'm going to look up a lot of Spider-Man stuff on this podcast. Um, it seemed like when Spider-Man got invited to the Avengers, he broke down in tears, and he's like, you can pay me money? Oh, that'd be so great.
0: (laughs) You mean I can actually have, like, stuff and stuff?
1: Yep. I can pay for this web fluid. Um, but his first job, a lot of people consider student a job, so I went ahead and considered high school student or Empire State University college student a job. So that's where Peter Parker started. He also, once he got his, um... Powers, he wanted to become like a performer, an entertainer, and a wrestler. But then he realized they were making the checks out to Spider-Man, so he couldn't cash them. So that that job was kind of dead end. In the movies, i always laughed because he was a pizza delivery guy for a little while, but didn't do so great because the pizzas got pretty smooshed.
0: I mean, great for delivery speed, but <laughs> not so much on the quality though.
1: Yep, exactly. Um, one that popped out, I actually found a website that surprised me. It was like. CBR.com had 10 of Spider-Man's jobs and I was like oh well this works perfect with my idea and I really got a kick out of it because one of the first things they referenced was when Spider-Man was a bodyguard helping Silver Sable in the graphic novel The Assassination Plot and this sticks out to me because that was like the first graphic novel I ever read of Spider-Man pretty sure got it as a Christmas present from one of my my aunts and I thought that was just neat that it Popped out extra.
0: Nice little coincidence there.
1: Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man's also been a bodyguard for himself when he was the CEO of Parker Industries, which is really the best job I think that he ever managed to get was CEO of Parker Industries, because that also seems to be a theme where, if a hero can somehow get in on a big company, then they don't really have to be there or do anything. They're just they have all these people who are working for them and making the money.
0: They have like four meetings a year and then. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, well, the rest of the time, peace out.
1: Yep. And then another cool thing, I didn't realize that Spider or, sorry, Peter Parker was an author because J. Jonah Jameson actually took a bunch of bugle photos and turned them into a book called Webs. And so Spider-Man, or sorry, Peter, got some of the royalties for that because they were all his pictures. And he got sent on a big tour to sign the book and things like that. I should have looked up exactly when that happened. It's been a while ago. Um, And, of course, the freelance photography just in general. And let me skip through this. I feel like I'm getting crazy. Um, Recently, we'll go with Threats and Menaces. He's uh, an influencer now, and he's tweeting, and he's got that special suit where he's running around and everyone can see, like, his point of view and make comments and say, Oh, why don't you say this phrase, this one-liner? Or Or do a
0: shout-out for whoever, Mm -hmm. whatever user or whatever.
1: So that's been a way he's been paying the bills recently as both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Like, Peter Parker is sort of the liaison to get to Spider-Man to help threats and menaces And luckily,
0: Peter Parker's slash Spider-Man's boss, J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson, actually knows who he is now, too.
1: Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about that part because it's been been known for a while. But, yeah, that, that works out great Jonah almost
0: well. reminds me of Alfred in Batman's ear, but a far <laughs> more annoying version <laughs> mm-hmm. and a lot less useful.
1: Yep. That sounds like J. Jonah. Yeah, so I think that's a pretty good overall of some of the jobs Peter Parker's had that have helped pay the bills, make the web fluid, get bacon on the table.
0: Uh, First up for me is Hawkeye, uh, Clint Barton, and specifically his job of being a landlord. Uh, That was in the Matt Fraction, David Aja, I think, or Aja, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, the artist, um, of Hawkeye. Where Clint Barton decides, you know what, instead of just being superhero, I'm also going to do some good for the, quote, common folk. And I'm going to own a, like a boarding house sort of thing. And he has, he's the landlord of that and takes care of them while heroing. It's very little of him being Hawkeye the superhero, more so of him being Clint Barton, the train wreck of a personal life hero that he is. Where he's balancing being a hero and being a person, he doesn't do a very good job at it. But he's there. Um, the other female Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, shows up and is around a lot. And then Clint also gets the dog Lucky. He saves the dog Lucky from a bunch of mobsters. I forget what kind they are, but just generic mobsters is what I want to go with for this instance. And yeah, it was a really cool series. I want to say it was only like 24 issues or something like that. It's like two volumes where you can get one big collected on the bus. It also, I know I mentioned this in the past, but I'll mention it again. It is the inspiration for the upcoming Hawkeye TV series on Disney Plus. So if you want to get into Hawkeye and figure out what that series is gonna be like, you should check out the book. Because it's also really, really good. And definitely my favorite Hawkeye story is the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series.
1: Do we own that one upstairs?
0: I believe we do own the collected hardcover omnibus of that. That okay. has everything.
1: Because you keep mentioning it. I should really read it so I can pop into it's it. It's pretty
0: good. I enjoyed it. So obviously.
1: Yeah. All right. <laughs>
0: Uh, what is next for you?
1: Um, another person from the Spider-Man universe I thought was worth talking about is Norman Osborn. Like I was kind of saying, uh, another example of someone who has a big company. They own it. They've got all these people underneath them who are making them money. So he can do things like go crazy, die a few times, hide out in Europe. Like all his crazy plans. He actually started out, let's see... He founded Oscorp with Mendel Strom, who was his professor in school, and then in order to gain full control of the corporation, he accused Strom of embezzlement so that he could get all his shares and send him to jail. And when he was investigating what Mendel Strom had been working on in Oscorp, he found the goblin formula and got exposed and went crazy, all that fun stuff. Um, at some point, he was the leader of the Thunderbolts. I'm not sure if that was really a paying gig or not, but I, it seems like it from what I've heard here and there.
0: I believe it was at the time that was a government hit squad or hero, yeah. villain, reformed villain squad.
1: Mm-hmm. And also Hammer was another, like, reformed... one well, I'm not sure if it was reformed villains, but it was kind of similar to S.H.I.E.L.D. And he was the Iron Patriot of them and a group called the Dark Avengers.
0: I believe that was during the Dark Reign storyline. Mm-hmm. Where, yes, he changed shield to hammer. Like, oh, what does hammer stand for? Doesn't matter. We'll figure it out later. I just wanted to be different and change the name. Yep. Everyone's like,
1: okay. Yep. I definitely Googled that and I was like, no defined acronym. Yep. That's my notes. I remember that. I remember that series. (laughs) I
0: believe that was in the Dark Avengers Mm storyline that happened. Yep. Those are all true.
1: I also came across, apparently, at some point, he was the owner of the Daily Bugle. I meant to Google more on that, but I did not get back to it. And currently, Norman is a private consultant for the Ravencroft Institute, so he's getting paid to kind of... I think that he's doing some backhanded stuff to help Wilson Fisk out there, too, like, and provide more fodder to the new Thunderbolts groups. He's like, oh, anyone at Ravencroft that I feel like throwing into this group, yeah. I've got Fisk's... um
0: Blessing. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems like he's... I think they said his official name is Consultant, but it feels like he's the warden of it yeah. also. But, hey, I mean, he's got to make money somehow, I guess.
1: Yep, and he's got to have a place to stash his kids, so.
0: And his Green Goblin stuff.
1: Yeah, they, yeah, I think they did mention that. I forget, too, if that was when they were digging up stuff for Carnage and the Dark Hold and all that. if That was in Ravencroft.
0: I know that was right before the whole uh, big, battle scene with um kindred is when he had Mm -hmm. he like he was all reformed is when sin eater was making everybody good they made him good oh yeah and he had to he had to embrace the goblin in order to survive again and it was really weird but
1: yeah i didn't understand the sin eater story i'm kind of glad that they're through that yeah it was it was a little bit
0: of a train wreck hopefully it'll make sense and read better in trade but i don't know i'm not holding my breath on it that's for sure
1: Yeah. I don't know if I'll go back and reread that one. I've got so much other stuff to read.
0: Yeah. Anyway, is that it for, is that what you have for Normie?
1: Norman. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: Next up for mine is a twofer. Uh, What do She-Hulk and Daredevil have in common?
1: They're both lawyers. Exactly. They were on my list too to think about. <laughs> okay, cool.
0: Well, well, good thing they were think abouts, but not actually on it, because they're on my list.
1: Yep, that's why I told you earlier what I was thinking, <laughs> so that we wouldn't double up too much.
0: Uh, so yeah, I I don't, I don't know. I didn't really do them separate because I feel like it's still a lot of overlap between the two. Uh-huh. Um, Daredevil is usually or Matt. Uh, oh, geez, I'm drawing a blank. Murdoch. Thank you. Geez, that's why cool, I'm day. here. Yeah, uh, Matt Murdock is usually a defense attorney where he, you know, helps uh, random citizens that are getting prosecuted and everything. There was a run, I want to say a couple of years ago, where he became actually a prosecutor. I don't know, it just seems wrong with his character, but he's gone through bright spots, dark spots, good moments, bad moments. He's gone through it all, but he's been a lawyer. Uh, She-Hulk, I think she's more of a civil lawyer where it's like people suing each other. I don't, I'll be honest, I don't really know a whole lot about her, uh, but she's on the list of lawyers for Marvel that are famous.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize till a couple years ago when Ms. Marvel first came out, She-Hulk had a little series that came out then, too. And that's when I found out that She-Hulk was a lawyer. Um, Jennifer.
0: Oh, um, I want to
1: say Walters. That sounds right. Yeah, we'll go with that for now. Yeah, I, I was mad at myself for not getting in on the ground floor of Ms. Marvel. So I was like, oh, She-Hulk's coming out next week. That's close enough. I'll just get in on this. And I didn't stick with it, though. It was not as amazing as Ms. Marvel. But still learned that Jen Walters was a a, a lawyer.
0: Yep. Uh, one thing that was really cool with her as being a lawyer is because she's, she is a, typically in more control of the Hulk than Bruce Banner is. Yeah. She would actually go in all female, Hulked up, all green and everything as like... Mm-hmm. Almost an intimidation tactic against other lawyers and everything.
1: Yeah, I remember that too.
0: Which was just weird. I don't know. Like they it felt like Marvel tried a little too hard making Green sexy. Like that's a little bit still weird, guys. But like I mean, whatevs. So
1: she was like Allie McBeal with her miniskirts.
0: Sure, that's a <laughs> reference that some listeners may get that I don't know. But
1: listeners, if you do get it, let us know because I'm curious too who this person is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right so who is the last one on your list
1: i do want to slide one more comment in about daredevil okay i liked in the spider-man animated series when he ended up representing shoot was it i think it was peter parker he represented in one of the the trials and he said because they say justice is blind i like to think it gives me an advantage yeah that, is, that was a cute
0: that point. is a good thing that they've done with him of like yep justice is blind he's blind it works out
1: yep so the last person that I thought was interesting to talk about is actually Carol Danvers, um, aka Ms. Marvel or Captain Marvel. She actually, her first job, as listed according to the internet, was a clerk at Fellini's Basement, which is apparently a local place in Boston back in the day. Like, it doesn't exist anymore, according to the internet. So just like your regular store clerk ringing up, I think it was a clothing store, not 100% sure. But then apparently as soon as she turned 18, she was like, I'm going to join the Air Force because they're willing to pay for my college. And my dad said he'd pay for one kid and he went and had three. And she didn't make the cut for the college bound child. So she found her own way. And after she'd been in the Air Force for a while, she was a spy. She worked for Agent Michael Ross. And apparently somehow she got um, linked up with Nick Fury and Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine, but supposedly before he was Wolverine, which I didn't think was in this century, but I get confused on Wolverine's timeline.
0: Yeah. I mean, Wolverine and Nick Fury both, it it gets messed up a whole lot of like, oh, when were they war buddies before? Like, was it uh, Korea, Vietnam, uh, Black Hawk Down area? Like, it's... They keep changing it so that way Nick not isn't impossibly old while still looking young. Mm. but And the, yet
1: they don't care if Wolverine is impossibly old or not.
0: Well, yeah, because he has his healing factor. It's fine. Yep. It doesn't matter.
1: Yep. But they also said that all three of them worked for either, that this went back and forth to the CIA, the DIA, or the United States Air Force Special Operations. She was also the security chief for NASA, which I thought sounded really cool, because I guess she wanted to be an astronaut too, but... Didn't quite get to be exactly an astronaut, but security chief, close enough. And where's the other thing? Oh, yeah. I guess at some point she also took on the persona of Binary, and that was she and the X-Men were kidnapped and experimented on by the Brood. Do you know?
0: I okay. I know little to nothing about her okay. or origin story or really anything other than the past like, five years.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when this happened, because I got the impression it was after she was already Captain Marvel for a while, and then she became, like, got more powers, changed her powers, became binary.
0: Wait, was that after Captain Marvel or Ms. Marvel?
1: Maybe after uh, Ms. Marvel.
0: I, I, yeah, Captain Marvel wasn't until, like, the last seven years when she took over that mantle.
1: Okay. I did great research, people. Sorry <laughs> about this. That's but okay. a lot of the websites I was on... They were listing the jobs, but they weren't listing them like in chronological wow. order.
0: That makes it a so, bit of a mess then, yeah.
1: Yeah, so since I didn't know, and I they actually didn't even mention her as binary until they mentioned that one way she made money was she was an author. Another cute thing, on the webpage, they had a snippet of a comic book, and um, Carol was talking to Mary Jane Watson for some reason, apparently they're almost buddies a little bit, like she was making a cup of tea and telling Mary Jane, my first love was being an author, writing. I love writing. And apparently she wrote for Rolling Stone a little bit and then wrote a book on the space industry and a fictional story about her life as binary. And that's when I went down the rabbit hole of, what, what is, this? is
0: this? Who is this? How have I never heard of you before?
1: Well, maybe I had, but like binary isn't a very stick out name that yeah. I'd be like, oh, until now, so yeah, Carol Danvers at one point was an author and also another Avenger who hopefully got paid a little bit <laughs> by Tony Stark, maybe.
0: Right. Uh, one thing with, to note with her, though, if you are interested in the Heroes Are Born storyline, issue one talks about what if she never became Ms. Marvel and was just a pilot the entire time, and she's basically just an angst, angsty, angry pilot, is what it seems. <laughs> But we'll see how that goes. I think that's a weekly series. But we'll talk about that later, maybe.
1: Yep, I thought I mentioned it a little bit.
0: All right, so anything else on Carol, or do you mean go on to my final one?
1: I think you should take us to the final frontier, the final countdown.
0: All right, so the finals on mine, I cheated a little bit. I went <gasps> multiple people. So you have to figure out what they have in common. So you worked out for the second round. Let's see if you can figure out this one. <laughs> the Will from Saga. Lobo from dc comics jonah hex from dc comics and boba fett
1: yeah you had to pick two that i don't even know who they are sounds like bounty hunters though Yep, you oh. got it yeah
0: yeah i figured originally i was just gonna do the three i was like well i'll mention boba fett later but then jared wasn't here I was like okay we definitely need the help so i threw in <laughs> boba fett so yeah bounty hunters as kind of a weird cool job that not a whole lot of people do in the real world um the will is from saga so if you're like Saga, you'll know it. If not, you should check it out. I'm not going to call anybody out my names, but hey, <laughs> it's there. Um, Lobo, I'm going with the original DC Comics version, not the, what was it, uh, New 52 version. The original one was like this big, burly, like, biker, over-the-top, biker-in-space guy that's just really weird. Kind of reminds me of Eddie Brock, but in space, but super, I don't know.
1: For a second, I was thinking of Flash Thompson in space, but that's a different yep. <laughs> different Venom. <laughs> yep.
0: Uh, but then in the New 52, they like, oh, no, that's not the real Lobo. This other guy is the real Lobo, where they basically did the equivalent of skinny jeans on him, where he was like <laughs> this emo guy that was like super skinny and lengthy. He's like, no, they stole my name. I'm the real Lobo, blah, blah, blah. And the internet was not happy. Yeah. I would say the internet and most... And even just readers themselves, where it's like, "Who the crap is this? you why are you try, why are you ruining this character? blah blah blah? I mean, gotta give credit for d c for trying to modernize a character. It just did not go well,
1: yeah, you gotta make small changes if you go too big, then people rebel,
0: yeah, and just new fifty two in general did not typically go well with fans, um, but I think Lobo is the epitome of this is what they tried to doing. It did not go well. And then they did rebirth and made stuff better, so it was okay. Um, Jonah Hex is a West, he's from like the Wild West. Um, I think he deals with like supernatural stuff too. Uh, Again, I'll be honest, guys, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I was going for quantity over quality for this one. (laughs) And then Boba Fett. I don't know what else to say other than Boba Fett. Um, He's a
1: Mandalorian.
0: He's a Mandalorian. Watch the Mandalorian TV series. Um, Watch the upcoming Boba Fett TV series on Disney+. And you can read them, read about them, and the war, of the bounty hunters that is going on right now, which be warned is a thirty-four part series or story. That's ridiculous.
1: That's got nothing on King and Black. It's still ridiculous. <laughs> Both of them
0: are equally awful with how long that they are.
1: Yeah, let's let's not judge uh, the bounty hunter series yet because it could be thirty-four issues of awesome. That's but true. I, I mean, can attest that King and Black was probably. 50 out of 70 some issues of not so great yeah
0: i mean <laughs> war of the bounty hunter bounty hunters, so far we have the alpha and then the star wars issue that came out this week that was a prelude to the war of the bounty hunters and i mean it was it's been good these two parts is it mm-hmm. gonna be a 34 issue good i'm not holding my breath because one i don't trust them too that's a long very long time to hold my breath for mm-hmm. 34 issues guys come on
1: yep that's worse than i've been asked to do at work sometimes. Yeah.
0: So yeah, uh, bounty hunters is my final one. Where it's a unique job, and
1: yeah, yeah, I did think that was a theme. A lot of heroes do like bodyguards or bounty hunters or like heroes some for sort hire, of security I mean, things.
0: Yeah, Marvel had the team heroes for hire, where they you can hire a superhero to do heroic things.
1: I was gonna say to vacuum your house.
0: I mean, maybe. <laughs> um, any other honorable mentions for you? I know I have a couple, um, Dazzler. The Marvel mutant, her job was a pop star. She was a pop singer, which she can turn sound into like light. So she could do her own light show just by singing.
1: I forgot about her. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, some other reporters I thought of when I was thinking of Spider-Man being a freelance photographer. There's Cindy Moon, who's Silk. Superman, obviously, a lot of people remember him. Lois Lane. Oh, yeah. I always forget her.
0: Although, I don't know if she's necessarily a superhero, but she's in the comics. So that's close yeah. enough.
1: We'll give it to her. Um, Eddie Brock, I always think of as a reporter, although I'm not sure in the comics how much he did, but in the cartoon for Spider-Man he was. I learned today that Hyperion is like a a high school teacher, and that was something Spider-Man did for like half a minute before he realized, I can't keep up with the schedule.
0: Or at least Hyperion (laughs) is in the Heroes Are Born story. I don't know how much of that crosses over to the, quote, real 616 reality. I'm not sure.
1: I didn't even think about that. Um, okay.
0: Because, yeah, I'll be honest, I know nothing about Squadron Supreme other than it is Marvel's version of Justice League. Yep. And Hyperion is Marvel's version of Superman. Okay. J. Jonah Jameson is a blowhard. Uh, <laughs> that's his job.
1: Yeah, sometimes he's been owner of the Daily Bugle. Uh, he worked for, oh shoot, what was that other like short podcast he was doing?
0: Was that Threats of Menaces?
1: No, that's a, the new one he's doing. That's not just a podcast. That's okay. a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know. Shoot, it was it was a real thing. It was like the buzz or something. It was. I didn't think he was going to be able to make it work, but he did.
0: Um, he was. I mean, he was mayor. That was for a while. Oh
1: yeah, I forgot about that too. Because yeah, Norman or wait, was Norman mayor too? I but... think
0: Norman was briefly kingpin. Yep, kingpin the is super now as, as the mayor. Um, yeah. Other jobs are military jobs. Yep. Um, uh, Green Lantern, uh, John Stewart was a former military person. Captain America, former uh, obviously. Um, <laughs> same with Bucky as as Bucky <laughs> for Captain America.
1: Falcon and Flash Thompson were other ones I had as military folk. Yeah.
0: So yeah, there's all sorts of jobs that they could use their superpowers for, or they had the jobs before that helped with them becoming superheroes.
1: Yeah, another honorable mention for jobs. Research scientists seems to turn a lot of people into heroes or villains. Like, science accidents. Yeah, that's an easy <laughs> go-to.
0: Like, all right, we'll just throw science and we'll make it up and we'll just go with that. Yep. Um, oh, Eddie Brock. Or not Eddie Brock. Flash Thompson. Army. I wouldn't...
1: Oh, I meant to say that, but apparently I didn't. I wrote it down, so. Listen. Just proof.
0: See, I don't think you did, <laughs> but I don't know. Without Jared to keep us, tra- keep us straight with what we're talking about, that's hard to say.
1: But we are recording this, so you yeah. can check later.
0: Yep. I'll, I'll, <laughs> when I edit I'm like, oh, crap. We, you did say that. Oh, well. Won't be the first time I made myself look like a fool. Won't be the last.
1: Yay. All That's right. like earlier today when I was like, thanks for being more foolish than me today. <laughs> Yay.
0: <laughs> All right. So with that, let's move on to some of the favorite books that we read this week. Um, I will start with this one since you started last time with Time Before Time, issue number one. By Image Comics. Normally, uh, if you know anything about me, I hate time travel stories. But this one is done so far in a way that I don't hate it. <laughs> I actually kind of like it. Where the main character, is it's his job to be a basically a taxi cab, taxi cab driver for people that have paid enough money to whoever corporation to go back in time to, be, to either escape from bad things or to... Just live the good life and the different time periods. Just depends on what it is, and he is slowly getting more and more poisoned by the experience because apparently there's some sort of time travel shield that's supposed to be on the spaceship that will help him from radiation poisoning. But they're breaking down, and he's like, "I can't do this forever. It's literally killing me." All right, new plan. I'm going to use what I know. I'm going to steal a time travel machine and go back into hide and wherever and escape. I don't want to go too far into. what else happens? Cause it gets very close to spoiler territory, but I will say he does have a friend that was like, Oh yeah, we should do this. You should totally do this. Uh, oh crap. I have to, okay. I have to go to this job, but when I get back then we'll take care of it. That job goes bad. He comes back like the next day, like 60 years older mm-hmm. Like on his, on death's door. And he's like, but I just saw you. He's like, yeah, I lived, I lived my whole life. So mm-hmm. it kind of sucks, but it is what it is. You, sh- you have fun doing your, th- your heist thing. Good luck.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I was a little confused too. It seems like even though they're going back and changing time, it's not necessarily affecting them. Like they're still, it's almost like doctor who where there are fixed points in time and the rest is all wibbly wobbly. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. I mean, they've talked about where, yeah, where I don't know. I think they said that they have a part of the shielding is to not alter their current timeline as well. Oh, okay. I think that's the way I understood it, too. So it doesn't cause the ripple effect. Yeah. Because I, I know they mentioned, like, oh, you know, be be careful who you kill, or if you kill anybody down, the, you know, that timeline, because I could screw up anything. Uh eh, don't worry. There's precautions in control of that. We're good. Yep. So, yeah, that is Time Before Time, issue number one. Uh, it's really interesting. I would say check it out. What's well, the doubt to you?
1: I think that my pick... I think I'm going to go with The Amazing Shutterbug, Peter Parker, um, number one. It was an alternate universe, again, which usually I don't like, but I'm not going to lie, I started to tear up for this issue. So I think people need to read it because it, it gets you in the feels. And it's a world where the Avengers don't exist, and Peter Parker isn't bit by that radioactive spider. He's still bullied by Flash Thompson. Some things never change. And he leaves high school behind and starts studying at Empire University. And a dream inspires him to create a team of drones so he can experience flying and swinging. It's almost like he his... He
0: has like a vision of yeah. like swinging around and
1: flying. His unconsciousness knows what he's supposed to be doing. And he ends up using these drones to kind of follow Hyperion around and he, because of the tragedy that happens and he needs to make some money, this is how he gets into the Daily Bugle. He's like, oh, I can get you shots of Hyperion doing all this stuff and tell you what's been going on. And this actually, there are a few scenes in Peter Parker that cross right over into the Heroes Reborn. So that's cool, too. If you get into Reborn number two, you'll see. Like Reborn two, yeah,
0: they have like one or two panels. And this actually explains everything. And then towards the end of the issue two of Heroes Reborn, you see the culmination of what happens to Peter also.
1: Yeah, I didn't actually finish Heroes Reborn today, so I'm going to finish that after the podcast. Slight spoiler but. then for you. Oh, that's okay. Like, I, I knew something was going to happen. Although, I admit, I was confused because this is another... um, The back of these issues tell you what order to read things in. And at first I was like, oh, I read it out of order. Although I don't think I necessarily did. Because I read Peter Parker first and then Heroes Reborn. The list said to do Reborn first and then Peter and, like, three other issues, but I didn't buy those. (laughs) Yeah, I did
0: Heroes of Born issue two, then Peter Parker. And, I mean, the only thing is, like, to me it seems like Heroes of Born 2 gives a slight spoiler of what's going to happen in the Peter Parker, but it ultimately it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's almost every once in a while, these crossovers, it almost feels like... You should stop reading one, finish the other one, then come back to the first one. Right. Which they, is unfortunate. Yeah, they but. take
0: place at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want spoilers, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. You get over it pretty fast, in my opinion.
1: Yep. Yeah, by next week, it'll all run together.
0: Anything else about Peter that you want to mention? Uh, this I will say, though, sorry, before I offer up <laughs> and cut you off. Um, it is a one-shot. It is a self-contained one and done. You don't have to worry about Shutterbug 2, 3, 4. It's like, Nope. So it seems like they're doing a bunch of one-shots of the different Marvel Heroes Born stories.
1: Yeah, I was curious. I, I got the impression at the end that there wasn't going to be another one. Yep. And that that was another thing that made me a little sad, but like I said, Elseworlds stuff kind of doesn't do it for me. So I was kind of glad to be like, oh, okay, I don't have to worry about figuring out where this fits in all the timeline and stuff. It's
0: kind of like a good what-if kind of mm-hmm. story.
1: Yeah, I... Oh, that's kinda like oh there was another thing that came out this week. The shadow spider, spider thing yeah. is like a longer. It's what a if.
0: five issue what mm-hmm. if instead of the originally they did like one issue one if what if's was it. This is like all right we're gonna do the what if, but we're gonna like flesh really get sink our teeth into it and flesh it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh anything else you want to mention about Shutterbug?
1: Nope. I think we can go on to whatever your all next right. honorable mention is. Uh
0: another one that I really like this week that is actually my pick of the week at the store. Uh it's, it's the pick of a, pick my pick of the week at the store because time before time was Andy's and Marks and they picked before I got a chance to before I came <laughs> in. So I was like, all right, I'll pick something else. And that is The Joker number three. And it is by one of my new favorite writers that is I would say either up and coming or he's actually hit the mainstream now, which is James Tinian. Um anything that he writes it seems I really enjoy. But the way The Joker 3 goes, if you've listened to other episodes, you know, hey, instead of being called The Joker, this book should be called Commissioner Gordon or Jim Gordon or whatever job title he has right now, Private Investigator Gordon. Because it is all falling about his point of view where he got hired to hunt down, track, and kill The Joker. And he's wrestling, okay, can I kill him? Can, you know, can I do this, that, or the other? But what stood out to me for this issue is the first, let's see two full pages. Uh, It is a complete reference and like shot for shot of Batman, the killing joke where he got tortured by the Joker. Like it really shows the influence in the relationship between Joker and Gordon of like, no, no, it's not just like, Oh, he's a criminal. It's my job to put away criminals. It's I got targeted by the Joker. I got tortured and I need to come to come, you know, come to terms with that and prove that, just because you had one bad day, it doesn't make you insane forever, which okay. is basically what the Joker tried to do with that saying, Oh, anybody can have a bad day and that can push you right over the edge. Like I said, this is very good where we have Gordon hunting down uh, the Joker, where the Joker is basically on a, like a private Island when waiting to have other people trying to hunt him down and kill him. He's like, Nope, I'm going to hold up here with my guards. And Hey, Jim, you get to help me. Cause you're a good guy, and it's your job to not kill me. It's very unique and interesting. I believe it's only, oh, man, either like a 7 or 12-issue miniseries. I forget how long it is. DC is terrible at saying three of whatever on the cover, which annoys me, but whatevs. You so, just yeah. have
1: to plan to be part of it yeah, the whole should, time.
0: Yeah, you should just subscribe to it and get all of them, and it is what it is.
1: Yep, and check out your previews to make sure you're not missing it.
0: Uh, it's not in previews anymore because that's DC and, that's, and previews made by Diamond Comics and oh, DC yeah. went over to Lunar. So,
1: Does Lunar have a preview catalog of any sort? No, you
0: basically have to go to DC's website and see what they have on there. And usually the websites are, compl- are wrong with the release dates, which is hmm. dumb. You'd think you could update the website a lot faster than you would print, but they don't and they're awful.
1: Well, so. even if you don't know the release date, you still know it's coming. That's so. true. Do what you can, people, to figure out what you want. Even if you can't figure out when you want it. Exactly. Oh, another thing to throw in, I'm I'm still getting a kick out of the punchline story that's in the back of Joker. Yeah. So don't forget that if you're trying to keep up with what Punchline's doing and how she's dealing with being in prison now, I think. Yep. Then read the back yep. matter of which is,
0: Joker. Which is also written by James Hinnian, So which he's the one that introduced the punchline character within the I believe that was the detective comic storyline. It was a detective or Batman, I'm pretty sure is a detective though. And you can see yeah, you can see what's going on with her and who she's fighting with in prison and how she's handling that. And uh long story short with that, it's a mess.
1: Yeah. And I think Aiden is someone who is kind of her her friend, sort of, was looking out for her on the outside uh to, to clean up some loose ends. Yeah. All right.
0: What what else start to you this week?
1: Um, I've really been liking even though it's a number six, and a lot of times I, I don't like to go back to something that I keep going back to, but too bad, people. I feel like Black Cat is really coming to a head and culminating and getting into some interesting stuff. Um, in this issue, Felicia is sort of betrayed by the Black Fox, and, yeah, I think it's been a month since the last one, so I can reveal he's made a deal with the Gilded Saint, That got both him and Felicia immortality by trading Manhattan to this demon. And so Felicia can't handle it, though, because she's not meant to be immortal. She can't believe that they just gave up Manhattan for this. So she's going back to her old nemesis, Odessa Drake, to get help to save Manhattan from the Gilded Saint. And this whole series, all these six issues, and the last series of Black Cat, they've just been, like, fun thievery, like, good Black Cat stuff. Like, you need to all, all be reading the Black Cat. So, get on it.
0: And with it being issue number six, that means it's a lot more likely to hit trade paperback soon. So, if you have missed issues one through five and six, and you want to get into it, uh, the trade should be out now or out soon. I don't know if the trade will be one through five or one through six. It's hard to tell with Marvel.
1: Um, hopefully it'll be a little more than that, because six seems like a cliffhanger. I hope they wouldn't just cut off there.
0: I mean, they have been toying with the idea what I'm not thrilled about, where, like, Volume 1 could be, like, 1 through 4, and then 5 through 8 even, like, do partial, even more partial miniature trades. It's possible. I'm not a fan of it, but Mm. we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I guess I hope they would keep a story arc together.
0: Theoretically, they should, yeah. One last thing that stood out to me this week was the Fantastic Four issue number 32 which is the legacy number of 677. This is The Bride of Doom, part one, where uh, they've been advertising Victor Von Doom and the villain hero, depends on your point of view, Uh, victorious is, they're going to get married. So this issue has the engagement and has a lot of it actually follows Human Torch, Johnny Storm. Like the... Girlfriends of Christmas past, almost. Like, um, <laughs> is he's, Spider-Man in that? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. But he's been dating this one chick that, I'll, I'll be honest, I have not been reading Fantastic Four before this point, so I don't know who she is. But she's got, like, blue and purple wings, and apparently they have some sort of, like, Bond bracelet on their arm.
1: Oh, that... I read something about her, but I can't remember what it was now. But yeah, that yeah. that's a thing. Can confirm.
0: So they're... Dating, and then all of a sudden, his ex, that's a scroll, shows up and as her, like, well, and they're like, well, how come I'm not, you know, feeling your emotions like I normally do? And it turns out it's because she's a scroll. And mm-hmm. before she threw off the real girlfriend by posing as someone else, to say, hey, oh, the wedding got pushed to tomorrow. It's not today. Don't worry about it. She still shows up. And like, I thought that was weird that you called me saying it's tomorrow. And then, like, oh, well, that's because it's a scroll. And she just copied the other one very easily. So that happens. Um, Human Torch ends up calling one of the uh, Inhumans. I forget her name, but he also (laughs) used to date her. And yeah, it is a unique story. I don't want to give away spoilers, but the cool thing is at the back of the issue, it has uh, another backup mini story that has young Reed Richards and young uh, Doom that are playing chess. They're rivals with each other. Then it jumps to modern times where they're fighting, but it's really cool. They're sword fight dueling while playing chess at the same time. Like they're saying their moves and everything. Mm. And it turns out Doom's like, oh yeah, oh, I lost the chess match so I could win the physical match. And like, I was just trying to distract you. And then there's something kind of big at the end. I don't want to spoil that, but it was cool to see they're doing their fight a little back up at the end there Doesn't see more of the relationship and rivalry between Doom and Reed Richards.
1: I knew I should have read that issue last night, but I was like, ah, I'm running out of time, I will to go to bed. That's fair. So yeah. Yeah, I also got a kick out of it some of the advertisements I've seen for The Wedding of Doom. They say, you're hereby demanded to attend, but it also says that people who aren't welcome will be, like, prosecuted. And it's like, so everyone's demanded to attend, but at the time, we might just, like... Uh, imprison you.
0: (laughs) I'm going to take it as, like, you are cordially demanded to be here, but if anybody else tries to sneak in, like, party to be a party, a wedding crasher, they're dead. Maybe that's what they're going for. I don't know.
1: It looked like everyone was cordially invited, except who they decide (laughs) not. Yeah,
0: it's a mess. Uh, I mean, another ad that they have in the middle of the book, too, is for the Hellfire Gala, which is coming up with the X-Men stuff. Hmm. So... They're doing, that's their whole thing right now. It's like, all right, invitations for everything.
1: Yay, it's prom season.
0: I guess. I mean, so side tangent, it has nothing to do with Fantastic Four, but Hellfire <laughs> Gala. Marvel actually sent us the printout that you see the book here that has like the information of like, oh, it's like on nice cardstock paper, or like with bevel, like ink and stuff on it. And on the back of it has like, oh, and here's the checklist for it.
1: Well, that's kind of cute.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's a fun thing that they're doing. Like, it's cool to see that I would have been, like, almost would have been cooler if they would set us a whole stack, you know, to pass out to people. But at the same point, it's that much cooler that they're like, nope, just one. Here you go. Like, Mm -hmm. that seems a little bit more personal that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame with COVID. I Part of me would be like, we should have our own Hellfire Gala, but we can only have 10 people right now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anything else stand out for you this week? Or do you want to move on to the Heroes of the Week that Jared forgot, even though he's not here? (laughs)
1: Um, It might be worth mentioning because it was a number one, although technically it's not a number one. There was Giant Size Amazing Spider-Man King's Ransom. And just because it is a number one, I'll mention that it actually is more like a part five. Yeah, an Omega kind yeah. of it. It takes a story that's been going on longer than I can remember because they kind of, I swear that they put some other stories on top of it and interwove them together and they kind of, this was just a background thing happening for a long time in my mind.
0: It's kind of like what they do with the whole Kindred story where it was like they just teased it here and there along the last 60 some issues.
1: Yeah, but I thought they did better with Kindred. I thought it was good that Kindred was a tease and he was like stalking Spider-Man. Whereas this one, it was more like, oh, we forgot we were gathering these tablet pieces. So At least, at least
0: I forgot all about it.
1: Now, all of a sudden, we just went crazy and grabbed all the last six pieces at once. And yeah, I don't know. It seemed like, very,
0: very sped up and specific, like the last mm-hmm. three issues, just to make it have that headline on it.
1: Yeah, I almost, I would have expected it to be, oh, we're rushing to get to a uh, an even number or something, like an important number issue, which maybe that's why they're doing it for some other future storyline of something else. But yeah, so even though I was mad about how this came about, it's still a good finish up issue and it gets a lot of things together, it ties up some loose ends, it tells you what's been going on, it would... It would refresh you so that you're ready for what Spider-Man's going to do next, which hopefully is interesting.
0: It is a satisfying conclusion and a be almost a beginning. Like you could definitely mm-hmm. read this one by itself and be good to go. Really,
1: yeah. You didn't. It, it catches up with what you would have missed from this last however many years they've been dragging this out.
0: Like the last three years, I want to say is when mm-hmm. they took over.
1: And I also got a kick out of um, all of a sudden it's a Spider-Man team up as well with the the Defenders. And so he works with Wolverine, Luke, Cage, Jess, Jones, Iron Fist, and Hawkeye to help Boomerang find the Lifeline tablet pieces.
0: Yeah, I like when defenders. Wolverine was like, yeah, you're always annoying. And like, we, we send you emails to invite you to stuff, but you never check your email.
1: And, yep.
0: And Spider-Man's so like, oh, well, yeah, my life's kind of a mess. Like, we know. Do better. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not like you're not invited. You invite, we invite you all the time. You just never respond.
1: Yeah, I can totally see Spider-Man being one of those people who can't keep up with his email.
0: Or he sees it and then something happens, he forgets that he didn't reply or anything. Mm
1: -hmm. That's totally me too. Hashtag.
0: That's that's what I'm here for, is to remind you.
1: You need to start reading my email.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Someday, not today. Uh, One last thing I want to mention that I have not read, but I like the first volume that came out this week, was Year Zero Volume 2 by AWA Comics. Uh, The first one followed like four or five characters that we're like around the world and the zombie virus outbroke of the world. And this is part two of that. Like I said, haven't read it yet. It's on my to do list, but it came out and I really like the first one. You should check out the first one and the second one. Now
1: I'll think about it.
0: Yeah. You're not really into zombies though. So
1: yeah, I may do not, struggle with the yeah, zombies. may world. not be your
0: thing, but that's okay. Any other last little quick honorable mentions? Um, Heroes of War 2 came out this week. And I believe it's a weekly series. I believe we are also sold out of Issues 1 and 2, so we'll, if you want to get it, we can try to get it back in. It's hard to tell. What, we never know what to order for books that are not main universe, especially when it's a weekly series. I hate those because we have to order basically the first four or five issues before Issue 1 even comes out, and that's just super hard to track, but oh well. Um, like I said earlier, uh, Star Wars number 13 came out, which is the prelude to, or another prelude to, the War of the Bounty Hunters, that one came out. Check it out, it was pretty good. Anything else, or Heroes of the Week?
1: I guess I could throw out that Geiger Number 2 came out as well, and I really like Geiger Number 1. Number 2 was like a different facet of what's going on in that same world, but I'd like to... Post-apocalyptic
0: to just... and... Yeah, yeah I fought. guess I'm not <laughs> saying
1: enough. A waitress steals the Holy Grail, quote, quote, and tells her kids how it will gain them their freedom, and then they head out into the... Radioactive wasteland yeah
0: all right so with that we'll move to our heroes of the week um would you like to go first or do you mean to go first?
1: I'll give it a shot okay I actually thought about this a little bit today I think that I should make Jose at work my hero because at six thirty this morning I got called in to rescue a coworker and by the time I got there, she was already gone, which kind of surprised me a little bit. And I was like, um, Jose, like, what's up? Like, what's my pass down? He's like, well, I've been doing this, this, and this. And because I haven't been in that lab in a while, he's like, you need to do this, this, and this that you probably don't know anything about. And he took care of calling a lot of, for a lot of resamples that I was like, why can't they get their stuff together and get these things right? and He stepped up and ran a lot of my samples that he didn't have to, but I I started loading them up, and then I walked away and started doing other things, and when I came back, they're all done, and I was like, oh, Jose is on this today, so he's my hero.
0: And my hero of the week is going to be Aunt May, specifically from the Heroes Born Peter Parker Shutterbug uh, issue. I don't want to say anything else because it's spoiler territory, but yeah, you should check it out. Actually, I'm going to do a two-pack of Aunt May and Uncle Ben. (laughs) Their relationship as a whole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think at one point Peter said, you guys are just so gosh darn cute. It almost makes me sick. (laughs) Something like that.
0: So yeah, those are our heroes. Uh, Jared's hero. I don't know who his hero will be.
1: Could be you if he ends up taking us up on that roommate offer.
0: We'll see what happens. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that is our episode for this week. Jared, we miss you. Hopefully we'll be back soon and go from there. So yeah. And maybe Adrian will be here next week. We'll see what happens with his schedule and everything. And yeah. Otherwise, thanks for listening, folks. We will see you all next time.